Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Who else is glad to be back together today? I, I know I am. So yeah, <laughs> a few hands up. So it's very good to see you, <laughs> to in person see you. I <laughs> uh, want to welcome those who are joining us online by phone. We're glad to have you with us here today as well. Uh, we, we wish you well from here. Just a, a few announcements before we begin. Um, First of all, I haven't heard of this happening to us yet, but I've heard from three colleagues who are pastors in the area that there's a scam going around. It's happened before where uh, people impersonate a pastor either through text or email, and they ask you to send them a bunch of gift cards. And so if you get something like that that has my name on it, know that that's not me. Um, that's been happening in a few other congregations, and I'm always afraid that someone's going to do that to us too. So... Um, uh, let me know if you see anything weird like that coming through by email or phone or text. So appreciate that. I know there's a lot on our minds and hearts today um, with uh, the news out of Ukraine, um, the invasion of Ukraine, uh, and just a whole variety of other news items going on right now. Um, but I did want to make you aware, we'll be including um, uh, Ukraine in our uh, prayers today, but there is a special uh, prayer service for peace um, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at Assumption Greek Orthodox, which isn't far from us. It's just across East Washington. Um, there's a, a Ukrainian Orthodox um, community here in Madison, um, Saints Cyril and Methodius Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Um, we just, our church, our calendar of saints just remember, remembered St. Cyril and Methodius, so it's uh, uh, timely. Um, but I, I t- uh, exchanged an email with Father Gregory over there, and they're hosting it, but their building is not very big, so they're moving it to Assumption for that um, prayer service. So all are welcome to come to that 6 p.m. at Assumption tomorrow night. I plan to go, um, so if you plan to go, I'll see you there. What to, to say... Uh, as well, that we're wishing Jim Croneman a happy birthday. It's his birthday today, so uh, let's let's uh, uh, wish him a happy birthday as well today. So. <laughs> happy birthday, Jim! Are there any other announcements we should make today? Oh, Ash Wednesday. Uh, this, yeah, <laughs> Wednesday of this week is Ash Wednesday. Uh, uh, very happy to be celebrating that together. Um, we'll have services at noon and at 6 here at Trinity with the imposition of ashes. Um, so we hope you'll join us for that on Wednesday. Um, and then following on Wednesdays after that, we'll be having midweek Lenten services on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. We do need a few worship volunteers for Ash Wednesday services, both at noon and at 6. So if you are available, um, we can make do with a small, a small group, but if, if we need at least a couple um, to help with that service. So please uh, sign up or let us know if you're willing to be part of those services on Wednesday. 
With that, we'll begin our service with our prelude music to center ourselves and prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Please rise and face the baptismal font. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates us, redeems us, calls us by name. Amen. Amen. 
Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess confess that that we we have have sinned sinned against against you and your your beloved children. children. We We have have turned our faces away from your glory when it did not appear as we expected. We have rejected your word when it made us confront ourselves. We have failed to show hospitality to those who called us to welcome. Accept our repentance for the things we have done and the things we have left undone. For the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us and lead us that we we may bathe bathe in the glory of your your Son born among us and reflect your love for all creation. Amen. Rejoice in this good news. In Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are descendants of the Most High, adopted into the household of Christ and inheritors of eternal life. Live as freed and forgiven children of God. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Holy God, mighty and immortal, you are beyond our knowing. Yet we see your glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Transform us into the likeness of your Son, who renewed our humanity, so that we may share in his divinity. Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading for this day, Transfiguration, the last Sunday after Epiphany, is taken from Exodus chapter 34. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to him, them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put on the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Let them 
confess God's name, which is great and awesome. God is the Holy One. second reading for this day is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness, not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened. Indeed to this very day when they hear the reading of the old covenant, that same veil is still there since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, 
we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Christ is with us, my dear siblings. These are trying times, yes, but it feels like we've been saying that for a while now. I know I felt a heaviness this week as news of the aggressive invasion of Ukraine began to spread. Also this week, I had a conversation with a transgender woman in our neighborhood who shared with me the deep pain of recent recent legislation from states around our country, most recently in Texas, denying her lived experience and making laws attempting to criminalize gender-affirming medical care for trans youth and then turning neighbors into vigilantes to go after parents 
for so-called child abuse. I might add that this is against the advice of the American Medical Association and the American Psychologist Association. Uh, these laws are. And perhaps our spirits are buoyed a bit today uh, by being back together in the decline of the Omicron variant. But I think we have to admit that that is tempered with our fatigue, our grief, our conflict over the pandemic, and not to mention the nearly 950,000 people who have died in our country over the past two years. I mention these large-scale tragedies not because you are unaware of them, but because I think they are in the room. They overlay so many of our personal and familial griefs that we carry around with us. I know of people who are here right now, or who are listening online, who are dealing with sickness, pain, loss, hardship. But Christ is with us, my dear siblings. And right in the middle of the mess of our lives and of our world, we hear the story of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountaintop. Transfiguration meaning to change or transform. This is the story of Jesus' metamorphosis. Peter, James, and John, the story goes, go up the mountain to pray with Jesus. And while they are there, they get sleepy. And while, but they stay awake enough to see that the face of Jesus is transformed and his clothes shine in a dazzling white and with him are Moses and Elijah. A cloud overshadows the mountaintops and a voice speaks from the cloud. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. The transfiguration of our Lord comes at a pivotal moment in our church year and in the narrative of the Gospel of Luke. Transfiguration Sunday is always the last Sunday before Lent begins, with Ash Wednesday coming up. It's the last Sunday in the season after Epiphany. Epiphany is a time of light and revelation. Jesus enters our human story and we get a glimmer, a sense of who he is in the stories of the Magi following a star, in the baptism of Jesus when God proclaimed him as God's Son, and in the miracle of water turned to wine at the wedding at Cana. Transfiguration fits within these stories of epiphany because it is a story of revelation. It's a moment when the disciples get a sense of who this Jesus is and what he means, and we do too. In fact, in many ways, the story of the mountaintop from today parallels that story of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan. In both stories, his identity is revealed. A voice declares, this is my son. And both have the overwhelming presence of the Spirit overshadowing them. There are strong baptismal overtones here. But transfiguration is also our transition towards the time of Lent. Lent being that 40-day season, minus Sundays, leading up to Holy Week and Easter. Jesus is tried in the wilderness for 40 days. Before him, Elijah walked to the mountain of God for 40 days. Before that, Moses spent 40 days with God on Sinai. And before that, the flood of Noah lasted for 40 days. 
And so our 40-day journey is reminiscent of all of this, and it begins soon. It is a time of self-reflection, penance, fasting, preparation, and generosity towards the poor. Since at least the 4th century, Lent has been a time of preparation for baptism and a time for all of us to renew our baptisms. So it is a good time to get back to basics. We'll be sharing more about that this Lent. Since the 14th century, there has also been this emphasis on confession and the forgiveness of sins. It is a time to amend our lives, to more, more closely align our lives with the way of the kingdom, with the way of Jesus. Transfiguration has the light of epiphany, but also the cloud of confusion and trial. It's a Sunday that points to the cross, even while it speaks of glory. This day, then, the transfiguration of our Lord seems to have one foot in Epiphany and the other foot in Lent. And that's why it's such an important moment for us in our church here, but I think it meets us where we are at at this moment, too. It shapes us, prepares us for following Jesus, even as he turns towards his death in Jerusalem. The story of transfiguration also plays a pivotal role in Luke's gospel. We've been journeying through Luke's gospel this year. It's important to pay attention to the sequence of events that lead up to this because it helps us make sense of the story and to pay attention to what comes after. You'll notice at the beginning of our gospel text it says, Now about eight days after these sayings. Now being curious people, we might wonder, What sayings are being referred to here? What was Jesus saying right before this? And why would Luke mention these sayings if they weren't somehow related to what was about to happen on the mountain? So if we turn back our our Bible a page, right before this story, here's what Jesus is saying. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering, and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Jesus goes further right after that. He says, If anyone wants to become my follower, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So these are the sayings, sayings about the cross, the cross for Jesus and the cross for his disciples. These are the sayings that would have been rattling around in the heads of Peter, John, and James as they go on their hike with Jesus. We know Peter believed Jesus was the Messiah. He said so shortly before this. But he probably had a hard time understanding why that would mean Jesus would have to die. What Jesus is saying in his picture of the Messiah did not match. The Messiah was supposed to be God's chosen one, God's anointed king who would set things right, not some criminal dying on a cross. Likewise, we know James and John desired greatness in life. They probably thought that following the Messiah was a road to success, to personal glory and prestige. So how were they supposed to make sense of Jesus saying, deny yourself, take up your cross, and those who try to save their life will lose it, but those who lose it for my sake will save their lives? How were they to make sense of that? You have to imagine that Jesus' teaching about the cross was a tough pill to swallow for them 
And I think if we're honest, for us too. Maybe there's even a sense of doubt. Can Jesus be right? Can Jesus really be the Messiah if this path to the cross is the one that he has chosen? It is right after the first passion prediction, the first time Jesus tells his disciples he must die, that the glorious moment of transfiguration happens. In fact, this pattern is in all three synoptic gospels. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it always happens that Jesus makes his first passion prediction and then the transfiguration happens. It's almost as if God is interrupting the narrative or interrupting, uh, interrupting the story just to say, uh, to provide some reassurance that Jesus is on the right path, that what God said at Jesus' baptism still holds true, that this is still God's Son. If there's any doubt about who Jesus is or if Jesus is on the right path, this story is meant to settle it. Moses and Elijah, as representatives of the law and the prophets, appear. In other words, Jesus' way of suffering love are symbols, are, are, is in line with all that has come before in the law and the prophets. The dazzling light in the overwhelming cloud are symbols of God's presence throughout the Bible. And they are like a bright flashing sign for us that says, God is here, God is here, God is here. And then the voice of God speaks, this is my son, my chosen Listen to him. God is here on the mountaintop and the message is clear. Jesus is the Messiah. The way of the cross is the way of the Messiah, is the way of God in the world. Listen to him when he says the Son of Man must be killed. Listen to him when he says the way to save your life is to lose it for others. Listen to him when he calls you to follow even if you are unsure of the ending. In the Transfiguration, God affirms in all caps and in bold print, the way of self-giving and suffering love is the way to life and freedom. The way of Jesus is the right way. Listen to him. When Jesus, Moses, and Elijah are talking on the mountaintop, our text says he is talking about his departure which has a double meaning. The word there is actually the Greek word for the word exodus, like the second word in our second book in our Bible. The exodus being when God delivered God's people from slavery in Egypt. In other words, what Jesus is doing on the cross and resurrection is the path to freedom. But it's hard for the disciples to see that when they are conditioned to see the cross as defeat. Perhaps Peter, James, and John needed this reassurance to keep going, to keep following Christ as he turned towards Jerusalem. Because shortly after the story, Luke tells us that Jesus will turn his face to Jerusalem, which means he is turning his face towards the cross. And perhaps as we turn to Lent, as we strive to live with compassion in a suffering world, we need this reassurance too. We need transfiguration to undertake the disciplines of Lent. Because the thugs and tyrants of this world will try to convince you that love and generosity, forgiveness and peace are for fools. That only suckers would follow this kind of Messiah. That a crucified Messiah is no Messiah at all. all. 
But the transfiguration of our Lord pulls back the veil, shows us what is true. And the glory of the Lord outshines them all. This is God's Son, this day says to us. This is God's chosen. Listen to him. Amen.
are bold to pray for the church, the world, and all that God has made. Our prayer. Hear our prayer. Grant peace among nations, Lord. We pray for the people of Ukraine and ask for peace. Cleanse from our own hearts the seeds of strife, greed and envy, harsh misunderstandings and ill will, fear and desire for revenge. Make us quick to welcome ventures and cooperation among the peoples of the world so that there may be woven the fabric of a common good too strong to be torn by the evil hands of war. In the time of opportunity, make us be diligent. And in the time of peril, let not our courage fail. God of grace, hear our prayer. Since we have such great hope in your promises, O God, we lift these and all of our prayers to you in confidence and faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please take a moment to wave or share a sign of peace with those around you. And peace be with you to those uh, online. Feel free to greet one another in the comment section.
peace with you, Dan. <laughs> peace. <laughs> There is an offering plate placed back by the baptismal font. Um, if you brought an offering with you today, you can leave your offering when you come up for communion or as you depart today. Uh, thank you all for your continued faithfulness and generosity to Trinity. And we will now hear our musical offering. You, Lord, are both lamb and shepherd. You, Lord, are both prince and slave. You, peacemaker and sword
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and at all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who sharing our life lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to your own brilliant light. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for the promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your son Jesus, 
the Word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth in his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. Come, Holy Spirit. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated as we share some instructions for communion. Communion will come up the side aisles and come to the railing where you'll receive bread and your uh, cup will be filled with wine. There are empty cups at these two side tables uh, where you will pick one up and bring it to the railing where it will be filled with wine. Desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. You will turn down the center aisle, placing your empty cup in uh, the bowl here at the front. Uh, invite those who are worshiping with us online to join us in communion at this time as well, trusting that Christ is with us and uniting us in the one body of Christ. Receive this invitation to communion. Come to God's table. There is a place for you and enough for all.
Please rise. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in God's grace. Amen. We give you thanks, gracious God, for we have feasted on the abundance of your house. Send us to bring good news and to proclaim your favor to all. Strengthen with the richness of your grace in your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh.
God who leads you in pathways of righteousness, who rejoices over you and who calls you by name, bless your going out and your coming in today and forever. Amen. Amen. Go with Christ into a weary world. Share the good news. Thanks be to God. Thank you.